0: to have a keynote because we're still doing our steps of faith and James is putting that up there so I'm going to stand over here so that you can see it I'm going to tell my wife I understand what it is that she was wanting me to understand Uh, we've been married for 29 years my wife is capable of speaking basically not speaking at all just moving her lips to some people and communicating with them and if you can do that if you can move your lips and form words without without saying words my wife can hear what you're saying by reading your lips I, I can't yet she still does it so she was sitting there just a little while ago and all, and it, all it looks like to me is wah 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 so but what's interesting is the context as I was looking at her I started thinking What's happening today that I, and then I thought, oh, I bet she wants to dismiss the teens that are going to be waiting on us toward the end before we actually, was that it? See how awesome that is? (laughs) 29 years of marriage and we've got each other all figured out at this point. And said, oh, to not distract from it. Yes, 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 yes. It wasn't distracting me looking at you like, I have no idea what you're saying. So, uh, Amen. Amen. You could text me. You could write me a note. (laughs) We won't go there. That's just, that's another story. Amen. Praise God. All right. So here we see steps of faith. E, E is for eternal life. Lesson three of five. So, we have the S, the T, the E, the P, and the S. And some of you might have noticed, those of you that are very attentive, will have noted that we put the periods after the S, T, E, P, and S so that you could understand that it is an acronym and we are teaching through those. So, we've done S and we've done T, and now we're on the E. The S is for Savior. The S is not for salvation. The S is for Savior because your salvation is dependent upon your Savior. And it's very important that you know who has saved you. It matters that the church is not your Savior, that a preacher or your parents, not your Savior. Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, amen? That's our Savior. Number two is the letter T. So lesson number two was the letter T. Trust God. You can just say that, but I add this on purpose. Trust God at his word. Here's the problem in American Christianity. Much of American Christianity has people trusting God according to their thinking about what God says. That's not the same thing. Trust God according to his word. In other words, what God actually says about this, trust him. How many of you have ever read a passage and thought to yourself, I don't understand everything in this passage. Raise your hand if that's true for you. Raise your up nice and high. Don't be ashamed if it's true. See, everybody, I don't think anybody, I don't, if, if anybody didn't raise their hand, come on up here afterwards because I have some passages I want to talk to you about because I would love some insight on a couple of passages. Now, let me give you a help with that. When, you, when, when, when there are things in a passage that are not clear, Simply focus on what is clear. Do you understand? Simply focus on what is clear. If you read a passage and you say, I don't understand this part of the passage, well, what part of the passage do you understand? And if you will put your focus on what is clear, often that which isn't clear will become clear. But if you take that which is unclear and go according to your thinking or or just as bad, start asking other people what they think, what you'll end up with is opinion. You don't need opinion. You need God's Word. Do you understand? The Word of God is quick and powerful. The Word of God is capable. The Word of God is is the Word of God. It is actually God speaking to us. And all we need is these, these five steps for your life. The idea behind this originally was what are the first five things anybody needs to have to start walking with God. That was the idea. But what I realized is this. We need these five things all of our life. They are the beginning and they are the end of our faith. And we'll see that as we go through this. So the first one is Savior. The second one is trust God in his word. And then today we're going to look at E is for eternal life. I appreciate the songs that were sung this morning. You have no idea how much I truly, and I mean this with all of my heart, you have no idea how much I truly appreciate all of those who are involved in the music here in our church. And by the way, if you could be in the choir and you're not in the choir, I have to ask you, why are you not in the choir? The choir is a tremendous encouragement and help to our church family. If you, I can't sing. I, would be in the, I, I as a pastor, would, have, would not be ashamed at all to stand in the choir for the beginning of the service if I could sing. I just can't sing. So, I, you know, I mean, anyway. If you can't sing, you don't have to be in the choir, by the way. If you can sing, you ought to be in the choir. And, and you say, yes, but it's a little bit of a commitment. Eternity, In eternity, I think you'll say, hmm, I wish I was in the choir. I wish I'd spent some time in the choir. I think it could have been a great help to other people. We are really blessed by those of you that can sing. We are. I am greatly encouraged by the music here at Tidewater. It, it matters, and I'm so thankful for it. We're going to miss Jimmy and Ann in just a little bit as they go to China. The music program will continue, by the way. Jimmy and I are meeting following the morning service to discuss uh, how this will take place and how we'll go on. But if you, and by the way, if you can play an instrument, if you are capable of playing an instrument and can sit in a chair, then do it. Play an instrument, sit in a chair. I say this, we're going to talk more about this tonight. Uh, You know, one of the things, um, I'm not going to go into great detail. During the time that I had shingles, I was also having a physical. And for the third time in five years, I had traces of blood uh, in my urine, which is, not normal and as a result of this they 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 sent my my blood off to be tested it's called it's cytology basically it means to look at the cells to find out what was wrong and and it came back negative which means they found no cancer uh cells in in in, in my which is great that makes me, that, that was good but but my doctor said but something still wrong or you would or this wouldn't be happening and anyway so it was about a week from the time that i sent the sent we sent the sample off to the time we got the answer back and, you know, what's funny is when they kept talking about sending it off to cytology. They're basically, they did a full, a full year analysis, but separately they did the cytology. And I kept thinking, why? Why, why, are, why are they looking at the cells? What's so important about it? So I looked up the testing to find out what it meant. And here's the answer, cancer. That's the answer, cancer. And so I thought, wow, is it possible I have cancer? I, surely I don't have cancer. But, and how many people sitting here today who don't have cancer think to yourself, I wonder if I have cancer, right? We don't have cancer. Cancer happens to other people. But as I was thinking about it, of course, I was, <laughs> as my wife would tell you, I was stir-crazy anyway, sitting at home in great pain, couldn't do anything, couldn't go anywhere. So I had a lot of time to just pray and think about it. And I thought, if I have cancer, then there's a few things about Tidewater I'm going to change. And then when I found out I didn't have cancer, I thought, I'm going to change those things anyway. because I am going Because there are a few things that I think God wants to do. I really believe, I really believe, all of my, you have no idea how happy I am and how great this church is, what God has done, and how great our God is, Having the peace that I have about how good God is. Boy, I want other people to know this. Really, I want. you are such a blessing when people visit our church. You are such an encouragement to them. You are such a help to them, and I am so thankful. We need to be ready to receive the people that God wants us send. I really believe that God wants people to know how great he is, that to live not in the flesh anymore walk after the Spirit and to not walk after the flesh, to say no to our selfishness. We are wasting time. We are going to be gone soon. We're going home, guys. We're going home very, very soon. Some of us sooner than others, but we are going home soon. And I mean this. Those are the youngest person in this room, it'll be just like this, you'll be my age. How do I know that? Because just like this, I was my age. And then we're going to be I don't know. You pick the age of somebody else. I don't want to pick somebody older than me. That makes people upset sometimes. <laughs> I'll pick Mrs. Dryley. She doesn't get upset. Then we're going to be Mrs. Dryley's age, right? And if she does, she's never told me. So she, we're going to be Mrs. Dryley's age. And then we're going to be gone. Or we're not going to make it to Mrs. Dryley's age, and we're going to be gone. And guess where we're going? If you are in Sunday school this morning, we're going to the New Jerusalem. Amen? 15,000 miles by 15,000 miles by 15,000 miles high. That's a city right there. Amen? And it is made of translucent gold. And Jesus is the light thereof. Yeah? Man, the tree of life is there. And the the water flowing from the throne is there. it is just around the corner. Those of you in the military, those of you that have ever been deployed, look, we are on deployment here now. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. There's just a little bit of time left, just a few more years. For some of us, it may be less than a year and we won't be here anymore. Eternal life is right around the corner. And if you're a new creature, if you're born again, You already have it. You already have eternal life. You are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, all things, everything is new. And yet so much of American Christianity is not living in the newness of our eternal life. And we'll talk just a little bit about this this morning. I'm just going to take a couple of minutes. The introduction may be as long as the message this morning, in a sense. I don't have my, I don't have, I just realized, I'm sorry, I apologize. I just realized I didn't get this. I need this to, to turn the pages, if you will. appreciate the uh av booth by the way if you can be involved in the av booth uh and you're not you should do that too please help really please help i guess what i'm saying is if you can be involved in greeting people when they come into the building do that sunday school do that do it please please be involved there's a lot of people who need jesus and they don't know anything. And they visit this church and they visit other churches. And if, and if they visit this church and we're here with kindness and help, then they can keep coming. If the choir is a blessing when they hear it, that helps them. They don't know anything. you understand that? The, the, the preaching and the teaching is not the most important part to most people that are visiting churches. It's the other things, if you understand what I'm saying. And we know the other things aren't the key. Christ is the key. But most of them don't know that yet. So help them. Be here. Be ready. Be prepared. Be not selfish is really what it comes down to. We must do less us and more Jesus. Praise God. Well, I hope you understand that. I hope you agree with me. All right, let me see if I can turn the pages. If, if not, James will take care of that for me. E is for eternal life. John 17, 3. This is my life verse. First time I read, the, I'm not joking. The first time I read this verse, I laughed out loud. And here's why. Because I had heard so many things as a young person up to the age of 22 about what heaven would be like, what eternal life would be like. And, I, and here's what the Bible says. And isn't this remarkable? Look at this. Look, look. And this is life eternal. Right? How did I never heard that before? How is it that nobody had ever said to me, you want to know what eternal life is? The Bible defines it, literally. You can put a colon there, right? And this is life eternal, colon. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Life eternal is knowing God and Jesus Christ. Amen? Period. Life eternal is not, gee, what will we do when we get to heaven? I wonder if there's fishing in heaven. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if we bowl. I wonder if there'll be bowling in heaven. You know what there'll be in heaven? There'll be Jesus Christ in heaven. There'll be God in heaven. There will be pleasure forevermore just because we'll be in the presence of the Lamb. we will. I promise you, we will shout even the Baptists, will shout in heaven. We will rejoice. We will have a wonderful time. I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't have any idea. I was picturing as John was teaching again, and I've done this before, 15,000 miles. Again, that's from, that's from New England to Florida and all the way out to Colorado. That's a 15,000 mile square. But now you got to go 15,000 miles up. How many floors is that? Somebody do the math on that. How many floors is fifth? Now, let's give them, let's be big floors. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have little tiny ceilings. You know what I'm saying? Let's have some real big space. So if I'm on the fifth floor, I can look up and I can see a good, you know, 20, 30 feet. I got those cathedral ceilings, right? And what, by the way, I'll be walking on what? Gold, glass, gold that is, just, that is so pure, it's clear. And yet I can't imagine what it looks like as the light goes through it. What will be above me? The same thing. Right, floors and floors and floors, and 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 the Bible talks about the the thickness of the of the frame of the walls, right? And I forget what the actual figure was. Um, the figure was two hundred. That's right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to exaggerate. Two hundred feet thick, and yet you'll still see through it because it's made of this clear gold. Isn't that amazing? Can you picture that? I try. I try. Listen, listen. I'm telling you, right around the corner. We're going to be walking there. We're going to be walking there. Amen. No more sin, Malcolm. No more selfishness. Amen. No more getting up in the morning and taking 10 minutes to get out of bed. Amen. Right? Some of you know what I mean when I say that. Some of you are just lazy. That's not what I mean when I say takes you 10 minutes to get out of bed. Not talking about the hitting the snooze button. That's not the, that's not the I think that's 9 minutes on most clocks for some reason anyway, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is just the pain of getting out of bed because our knees don't work like they used to, right? And some of you understand that. Listen, it's all over soon, and here's the wonderful thing. No tears. Amen? No tears. Just going to wipe away all of our tears. It'll be gone forever. Man. Man was created not to have eternal life. Man was created with eternal life. Write these down. Please write these points down. These keynotes will be available as a series when we're done, by the way. But please write these down. Take them home and study them for yourself. Point number one, man was created with eternal life. Not to have eternal life when, by the way, let me say this. Does anybody know what the Hebrew word for man is? Raise your hand if you know what the Hebrew word for man is. Anybody? Adam, right? It's Adam. So when we have the name Adam, do you know what the word name Adam means? It would be like calling Fido dog, okay? That's our dog. What's his name? Dog. Why did you name him that? Because he's a dog, right? Adam is Adam. It's the Hebrew word for man. Man, Adam, was created. When Adam was created, he was created with eternal life. Let's read this together. And the Lord God formed man, Adam, of the dust of the ground And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Praise God. And the Lord God took man put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt eat surely what? Die. So he doesn't eat of it. Let's say he doesn't eat of it. What happens if he doesn't eat of it? He lives. How long? Forever. The body that we are living in was created to last forever. It was designed to replicate. It does it now anyway. You realize that you are an entirely new person. Physically speaking, you are an entirely new person every seven years. Your body recreates its entire self every seven years. Isn't that fascinating? Here's the problem. Somewhere in your teenage years, and some of us remember when this started happening, it didn't do as good a job anymore, right? Why? And the answer is death. That's why, death. We'll talk more about that, but that's why. But if he hadn't eaten thereof, he would have lived forever. Now notice what it says in Genesis 1.31. And God saw everything that he made, God saw everything, everything that he made, and behold, it was what? Very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. By the way, just demonstrating, evening and morning are written in here on purpose to demonstrate that it was six literal days that God created everything. If you have a problem with that, you have a problem with the Bible. Not with me, not with ICR, not with uh, Answers in Genesis. You just have a problem with the Bible. Because it's very, very clear, the Hebrew is perfectly specific that the evening and the morning is making reference to one calendar day. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host thereof. So it's finished, everything is wonderful, man is a living soul, and as long as he doesn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he'll never die. Amen? And our body would have just kept replicating and replicating. And by the way, he would have had children. Adam and Eve would have had children, and that's what they would have never done. Would have never died, never died. They would have been walking around in the presence of God in the Garden of Eden forever. That's it, Isn't that wonderful. And it is, and it is. And by the way, here's the problem. This is a, this is a chapter. This is literally a chapter in your Bible, one chapter long. We it, it took mankind one chapter to mess everything. I almost said a word my wife doesn't let me say. Okay, to mess everything up. Okay, okay, to mess. I almost made it PG thirteen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to mess everything up. That's what we were going to do. Number two, Adam brought all death. All death. Every death. As your cat died, anybody lost a cat? Raise your hand if you've lost a cat. Anybody ever weep because your cat died? Or your dog? Anybody lost a dog? A goat? Just kidding. (laughs) You can blame Adam for your cat dying. Your cat wasn't designed to die any more than you were. The animals would not die. We're going to look at that. All of creation is subject to death because of Adam. On the day on the day that he ate thereof, death came to the planet that we live on. Death didn't just come to the planet. Death came to the universe. Atrophy, entropy, all of, all of the decay, every single bit of it, every single bit of the decay is because of death all of it. Listen, this is so important. This is really important. One of the, one of the uh, things that, that evolutionary scientists do is they say this, if everything that God made is great, then why are viruses and bacteria, why cancer, why these things? And the answer is death. Do you understand? These things were good before there was death. You know, these things were beneficial. It isn't that they didn't exist. Some people like to say they just didn't exist. Oh, there, there were no viruses before sin. There were viruses. They were just good for us. You have viruses now that are good for you. The problem is we have things going on in our body that are messed up. They're broken. They don't work right. Do you understand that? They don't work right. And when they, here's what happens. Your, your body is recreating cells all the time. And if your body cr- creates, your body has a QA system, a built-in QA system, and it is awesome. You create a cell, your body looks at it and says, that's a good cell. Your body looks at it and it's not a good cell. Oh, oh that's not a good cell. And you know what your body does? It destroys it. The immune system comes and says, we've got to get rid of that thing. got to kill it. Do you know what happens when you have cancer? You create a cell that's not a good cell. But guess what it is? It's stronger than the cells around it. And your immune system can't kill it. And you know what it says? He says, hi, my name is Hitler, and I'm invading everything. I'm taking this cell, and I'm taking this cell, and I'm taking this cell, and I'm taking this cell. Why death? Where did that come from? Adam. All of it. Every single bit of it. The mess we're in is our fault. All of it. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes... And a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. So, okay, on the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt what? Now listen, notice how he worded this. Thou shalt what? Surely die. Now he doesn't have to say surely Right? He doesn't have to say, I'm telling you this, everything God says, God cannot lie. He does not need to use absolutes and he does not need to use superlatives because everything he says is true anyway. And yet he says many statements where he includes something necessary for our understanding. Not his understanding, our understanding. And on the day that they eated they on the day that they eated thereof, on the day that they ate thereof, they did surely what? Die. Physical death is introduced right here. All of the decay. I, again, I went over it before. Every single bit of it. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. For the first time, they realized, oh no, something's wrong. We are uncovered. And they sewed fig leaves together. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be funny about this. and I, I surely don't want to be, be funny about it in mixed company. But it's a, I, you know, what do you think? Nope, not enough. You know what I'm saying? Well, here, let's add some leaves to it, okay? You know what I'm saying? You put, what do you think? Nope, not enough. Man, this is just not getting it done, right? That has to be what's going on. Here they are trying to sew fig leaves together. They're trying to cover themselves, and they, and they what? They fail. They can't cover themselves. No, I, don't know what the, I don't have any idea what it looked like, right? I don't know what the garments Adam and Eve were wearing looked like as they tried to cover their nakedness, but it was so bad it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, just like always. God is coming to have sweet, wonderful fellowship with them. Right? They enjoyed sweet fellowship with a holy and great and mighty and powerful God. Oh man, what a tremendous blessing! But not now, not now, because this little dress that I'm wearing, or whatever we got, honestly, whatever this garment is, it didn't get in it done. So what happens? And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence. Of the Lord God. They had to hide. What's that? That's death right there. And this is life eternal that we might what? Know God. So what is death? Not being able to walk with God. Right? Really, death is separation from God. Physical death is separation from the body. Spiritual death is separation from God. Going on with Adam brought all death. Romans 5:12. Wherefore, as by what's it say? One man, sin, entered into the world, and what? Death by sin. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me, boys. When you're on the Internet and you go to places you ought not go, and I'm telling you, it is easy. It is, it, it, they are one click away. And ironically, if you look at sports pages or news pages or almost anything you Google, you can't Google anything anymore. You know what I'm saying? It is a remarkable how easy it is to go places you ought not to go on the Internet. Sin brings forth what? Death. Death by what? Sin. For by one man, sin entered into the world and what? Death. Death by sin. Now, here's the good news, by the way. And, uh, excuse me, it says, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. I was going to say the good news comes after the colon, but we're not going to talk about that right now, because we're still talking about death. So one man brought sin into the whole world, and because of the sin, we have death everywhere. Now, now do you understand? Listen, 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 listen. It's so important. It is remarkable to me. The media today is remarkable to me, what they focus on, right? You know, I, I, I look at the headlines. How many people, how many people pay attention to the news at all. Raise your hand if you pay attention to the news at all. I would almost not but if I don't pay attention to the news at all, and I'm not joking when I say California will fall into the ocean. I believe that, the, I believe that much of California will eventually just fall into the Pacific Ocean. And you can say, yes, it deserves to. God would, you know, God would be right to that. That's not the point that I'm making. It's just where it, where it is geologically, it's just going to fall off into the ocean at some point. So you should, I should know that. I figure when it happens, I should know it. I have no Twitter feed, so I'm not going to find out that way. So I, I, I figured that I should check the news. So I checked the headlines to the news. Here was one of the headlines to the news. Uh, recently, I can't remember her name, uh, she just became a royal. She just got married. Uh, she's from America. Yeah, you guys, right, exactly. That, that girl, right, that woman, right? She just was, I think it was, the, it was the queen's birthday party. Yes? Anybody follow this? So here's a headline. She wore the wrong dress. 22, 22 veterans committed suicide yesterday. She wore the wrong dress. That's a headline. You tell me we're not messed up. Right? You tell me death is not reigning in the United States of America right now. Right? We have a president that seems to me to try to be doing things, a lot of things, straightening out our trade, trying to do a lot of things. And they just hate him. They just, I mean, it's a remarkable thing to me how much they hate him. Now, I'm not a Trump fan. I mean, as a man, I'm not a Trump fan. But but it doesn't matter what he does. His wife, he abused, did you realize? His wife had surgery, didn't come to a function after she had surgery. And the media says, I think he's beating his wife. That's why she didn't come to the, that's amazing to me. That's that's literally what they said. I'm not joking. CNN said that. Is that absurd? Tell me if I'm being weird. Tell me we're not messed up. Yes or no? Listen, we know better, right? You say, but we know better than that. But do you really? Do you realize that you were created to have, you were created with eternal life, and the only reason we lost it is because our father messed it up, right? We messed it up, yes? Do you understand that? All of our trouble is our fault. You can blame anybody you want to, but your problems are yours. They are yours. Own them, own them, so God can rescue you from them. Because you need a great Savior. And you need to be rescued from you. You don't need to be rescued from the left-wing America. You don't need to be rescued. Praise God, they're not that. The left-wing, I'm not saying the people that are left-wing, I'm not saying that. But the wacko stuff going on in the country is not going into the New Jerusalem. Do you understand? I promise you the headlines in the New Jerusalem will not be, she wore the wrong dress. I promise you. We will worship the Lamb. We will serve Him. I'm telling you, it will be eternally marvelous. Marvelous. For the earnest expectation of the creature. And here's, I want you to see this first. Make sure you write this, write this passage in your notes and go back and look at it. Notice what it says For the earnest expectation of the creature, this is all created things, okay, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, what God is going to do for those of us that are redeemed, the grass is waiting for. The grass is waiting for. The cows are waiting for what God is doing in our lives. All of creation, we're going to see it, for the creature, all of creation, was made subject to vanity not willingly. Well, one of the creatures did it willingly, right? Yes? No? One creature did this willingly. Which creature? Say it. Adam, right? Mankind. We did this and the grass suffers. At, at my house right now, my neighbor, I won't to go too far in this, but my neighbor's lawn's gorgeous, right? Two houses from me is his father-in-law. My neighbor's, fa- my father, his father-in-law's grass is equally gorgeous. My next door neighbor's name is Charlie, paid them to make his grass look like their grass. So here's what we had. Gorgeous, our house, gorgeous, gorgeous. So we would walk out into our front, and, and here's what it is. It's not that I cared that much. It's just I just feel bad. I literally like I'm bringing the property values down, right? So I, so I said to my neighbor, if you could tell me what you did to make your grass look nice, I will do it to my grass. And this is what he said. If you'll give me just a little bit. He didn't say that. That's not true. He said, I'll do your, you do your yard for you. When I'm doing mine, he said it would be really easy. I just go right down and do all four yards at the same time. And I said, okay, well, how much would it be? And he said, no, I'll just do it. And I said, no, really, I'll feel bad. I mean, can you imagine this? Your neighbor's going by doing your yard. And it's like, yeah, hey, good job out there. Thank you for doing that, right? right. So, so I said, no, I'll be glad to give you a little bit of money. So my yard's looking looking so much better this year. But right now it has brown spots in it, right? And I'm looking at his grass, it doesn't have any brown spots, by the way. His grass still looks perfect. So mine's so I had one year whatever he's doing right, okay? He's moving, by the way. I gotta find out what he's doing so I can keep doing that. So, here, so what's that? We don't have brown spots? His name is Jeff. My neighbor's name is Jeff. His father is a Baptist pastor. And he doesn't go to church. Probably because his father's a Baptist pastor. So pray for Jeff and pray for the need in his life, okay? But anyway, he's been doing a wonderful job in our life. But the reason I bring it up is because of the brown spots. Listen, what are the brown spots? What are the brown wanna help me? It's death. It's just death. Right? Go out here and look at go out here. Go out here and look at the flowers. The Spains, and, the, and, and, and Paul's, I think, and some other people, put in these beautiful roses. And, and Mr. Bailey does a great job mowing the lawn. But guess what? The flower bed is full of what? Anybody want to guess? Weed. They grow better than the flowers. Right? What, right? What is that? That's not just death. That's curse. Right? That's part of the curse. And by the way, has anybody pulled them? Yes, they have. And guess what happens when you're pulling the weeds? You sweat. Yes? Guess what that's part of? The curse. Anybody that tells me hot weather is a blessing is a wrong. 65 degrees, I believe, is supposed to be the temperature everywhere all the time. Okay, It's part of the curse. Sweating is part of the curse. Okay, The whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Listen, this is so important. You might think I'm dragging my feet. I'm not. You need to understand every, every carcass on the side of the road, right, and we see them all over the interstate, when you see the buzzards circling, every bit of that is our fault. And it wasn't meant to be that way. Don't blame God for what we've done. Praise God for what comes after this, by the way. Really, praise God. We have made terrible choices, and this is the consequence of it. All of creation groans. Number three, though, praise God for number three. God gives eternal life. This is an important word right here. God what gives eternal life? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. Honestly, don't you just? I mean, that right there. Should, that the if, if we were if this was a film right if this was a film the music would just change right there, wouldn't it? right because everything changes when you introduce this word for the wages of all of that sin is what death that's the wages that's the earnings of what we've done we deserve the brown grass we deserve the weeds in the flower bed we deserve all of that because of selfishness your selfishness my selfishness but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord man i'm telling you it just it it literally makes you happy when you walk around i have a free gift of salvation I have eternal life given to me through Jesus Christ. For the Son of Man has come to what? To seek and to save that which was lost. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came to restore that which we lost. This goes back to the garden. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. We earned this, and all of this is going to be crushed through this one that came to seek and to save that which was lost, so that we can have the gift of God, which is eternal life. Amen? Now, by the way, again, the gift that he's giving us is something he already gave us. Yes? You, we were created to have eternal life, and we messed it all up, and God said, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to give it back to you. God gives eternal life. We continue with that. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but what? Have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Sounds like a pretty good mission to me, doesn't it? Yes or no? Yes? Now, isn't this marvelous? Now, if you say, I knew this already. I say, I don't know that your face knows that you know this already. Because <laughs> you don't seem very happy about it. This is, this is truly unbelievable. The wages of sin is death, right? But I don't have to perish. You don't have to perish more than once, not perish, not perish. God does not want us to perish. What does he want to do instead? He wants to give us his only begotten son so that we can have eternal life simply by trusting the Lord Jesus, who by the way, is the Christ promised in Genesis, right? The seed that's going to come and rescue us from the very beginning of the fall of mankind is our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand why Christianity is an exclusive religion? Because Jesus is the only Savior. This is listen. This is not a oh boy. I need you to understand this. This is not a battle of religions. This is not Buddhism versus uh, Taoism versus Jainism versus Islam versus Christianity versus Judaism. It is all about Jesus, who is the Christ. You understand that? Because Jesus is who he says he is. Because Jesus is who he says he is, I have eternal life. You understand? Now, I happen to have the right book, if you understand what I'm saying. But the point is, that's because it's truth. Because Genesis 1, 2, and 3 are true. Every single bit of it. Every single bit of it. And we have this because of God. God giveth eternal life. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich. Boy, I don't, are you living a, we're gonna talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but are you living a rich life? For the same Lord over all is rich unto all. Uh oh, uh oh. Gotta back up, sorry. I was trying to hit this, this one right here, hit the wrong one. Sorry. For the same Lord is rich over all that call upon him, for, what's it say? And I know we know this. I, really, I know that we know these things, but we're talking about eternal life. And God gives eternal life. How? How does He give eternal life? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? And God, did, and, and God sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And so, how do I be saved? How do I be rescued? If you're here this morning and you're not rescued, how can I be rescued? Trust Jesus. It's just that simple. What else do I have to do? Nothing! Praise God. If you do that, we'll baptize you. You can join the church. You can have all kinds of wonderful benefits. It is awesome, but just trust Jesus. You need a Bible and honesty. That's it. A Bible and honesty. That's all you need. And God will rescue you right there. Now, notice what it says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And and then it goes on to say just a a verse later. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them. that Notice, I, I didn't put this having to do with the people that preach. I had to do with what, what they preach. Preach the gospel of what? Peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Please hear me. This afternoon, in just a minute, when it's time to go, we can walk places, right? Because our feet, that's what it says. We can walk paces, places and bring the gospel of peace. We can bring the gospel of peace and glad tidings of good things. We can go tell people how wonderful Jesus is. And listen, listen, listen. When they want to fight with you and argue with you about it, just let it go. Just let it go. I, I didn't tell you this to argue with you. I told you this because Jesus is wonderful. And they say, no, Jesus did blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. I'll tell somebody else. Right? It doesn't, you don't have to fight about this. The world can hate Jesus if they want to. We can still walk in peace and give them good tidings, right? We can be glad, yes, no, yes. I can go to the restaurant and be glad. I can go to the restaurant and be glad and have them do silly things, that's fine. It doesn't matter. I can be glad there. I can go and be around a bunch of people. You can go about, you can be around your extended family, all of whom hate the gospel, all of whom hate church, all of whom hate whatever they want to hate, and you can go there and be peaceful and give them good tidings. Right? And just love them. You don't have to fight with them. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to have one when you I promise you, if you think you won when you went to visit your relatives, you lost anyway. Just go and love them. Just walk and give them the good tidings. Rich, rich, right? For the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon him. God is rich unto what? Whosoever. Rich. Rich. I have a, I'm a terrible sinner. That's okay. God's rich. His mercy is rich. He is able. Now, number four, and we're going to go through these very quickly because we are running out of time. Can you imagine? I mean, by the way, let me just say this. Preaching a topical message is so much harder to me than preaching a uh, textual message. When you preach textually, the, the text constrains you. When you preach topically, you have everything from Genesis to Revelation, and you know that there's more that you should say. It's like, oh, we should say this, oh, we should say this, oh, we should say this. Eternal life is knowing God. So here's the thing. Number four is broken into a few pieces because eternal life is these things. Eternal life is knowing God. I'm not going to read through this again. This is what I opened with, and this is life eternal. Eternal life is knowing God. Please write that down. That's number one. Eternal life is knowing God. Once you're saved, it's all about God. Number two, eternal life is God in you. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture, Old Testament, has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, which is what he said to the woman at the well, right? But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him shall receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Oh, I wish I had time to really go into this. Listen, Jesus didn't come to pay for your sins. Jesus paid for your sins to give you eternal life. Do you understand that? Oh, how we misunderstand. Listen, listen. This is very important. Hear me. Jesus didn't come to pay for your sins so that God could leave you alone. That is not what happened. Jesus paid for your sins so that God could live inside you. Tell me that's not wonderfully different. Do you understand the difference? We don't want a payment for sin that gets rid of God What we have is a payment for sin that allows God to live with us. Literally live inside of us. That's what he says right here. Eternal life is life more abundant. Again, these are just passages. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it What? More abundantly. And by the way, the only, I'm telling you, listen, this is really important. The only way to have the abundant life is to walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. If you're saved, if you're a new creature walking in your flesh or after your flesh, guess what? Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Miserable, miserable, miserable. But if you walk after the Spirit instead, life more abundantly. Eter- uh, eternal life is eternal life. I, I-, I capitalize this. Why? Why? Because there's a false teaching in America that says that eternal life might be eternal life. There are people called Baptists, they're called free will Baptists, who preach and teach this, that you can be saved and then lose that salvation. Listen to me. If you can lose your salvation, then Jesus is not your Savior. Do you understand? If you can lose your salvation, then Jesus was never your Savior. Because if Jesus is your Savior, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall, what? Never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Amen? Eternal life is what? Eternal life. And if it wasn't, that would be terrible. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be terrible if all the things that I talked about, the gift of the Holy Ghost, living you, if it was all conditional on you doing just one thing right for the rest of your life? Do you want to know what the problem with doing one thing right all, what were Adam and Eve asked to do? <laughs> one thing right, yes? How many things were they restricted in? One. And how long did it take them to get to that one? It's marvelous to me, isn't it? I mean, literally marvelous to me. You know, how many of you have seen this? If you want your child to touch something, you know how to get them to touch it? Say this, don't touch this, right? Try it. You got a two-year-old, put it on a table. Put it on the coffee table. Don't put, if you really don't want them to touch it, don't put it. If it's something that if they touch you, they'll break, don't do this experiment with that, okay? Pick something that you're really okay, and just say, don't touch this, and then set up a camera. Eternal life is our created purpose, and this is the end. Eternal life is our, we got one more slide after this, and I'm going to dismiss the young people at that slide. Eternal life is our created purpose restored. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to, man, I love this, I love this passage. Thou art worthy to take the book, and open the seals thereof, for thou was slain, and hast what? Right, what's that? That's this. Thou hast redeemed us to God by what? Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Amen. This is what's happened now. This is what's happened. Eternal life is us being restored to the fellowship with God that He gave us. And listen, the dominion. That, listen, please hear me. I'm, I'm done, and I, and I know I was a little long this morning. I apologize. I wasn't here last week, so if you average it out, it really isn't very long. <laughs> listen, you can rain. Please hear me when I say this. We're going to get up in a minute, and we're going to quote unquote bump into each other. Do you understand? Now it's all going to start wonderfully well. You're going to get up. You're going to be like, oh, that's all. That's so great. You're going to have the nice conversation with the people around you. You're going to turn. You're going to talk to each other. You're going to start talking about things. And then we're going to get up and we're going to move just a little bit. And I, it won't take us very long to have, for this to happen to somebody. And we're going to, quote, unquote, bump into somebody. Somebody's going to come in, and say to you, oh, I need to tell you your car burned up while we were having service. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, just something, just anything. In my life, my wife will tell you I am far better with big things than I am with little things. If my wife said, honey, your car burned up. Well, I say, praise God, it was time for a new car. You know what I'm saying? Right? But if she says, I can't find your pen. My pen? You can't find my pen. I need my pen. Do you understand? That's not raining in life. Do you, Do you understand? Listen, listen. Please hear me. Raining in life. There's something you understand, need to understand. It's not in this one. It's actually coming up later. But I want you to, in another study, another part of the study. But I want to say it today. If you're walking after the Spirit, then as we bump into each other, and we are going to bump into each other, we will love each other. When God says to be perfect, now the end of the commandment, the end, the goal, the word perfect and the word end are the same word. So when God says to be perfect, what he's saying is to reach the end of the commandment. And the end of the commandment is what? Charity. Listen to me. Please hear me. When you go to the restaurant, when you go to the store, and things are not good, and they're not going to be good, how many of you are shocked by how terrible service is in the stores today? And I'm there to give them money, right? I'm there to give, but the people working there don't seem to care. And you know the people that run the stores care, right? They're like, hey, 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 be nice to the people that come here. Or you won't have a job. They're like, oh, good, I didn't want to come to work anyway. You know what I'm saying? When you go there and people aren't nice, guess what? We shall reign on the earth. And what does a reigning Christian look like? And here's what they look like. They are humble and they are holy. And they are happy. It's simple. It's very, very simple. I can simply be kind where other people are not kind. No matter what the circumstances are, I can love and be helpful to other people. Amen? Yes or no? That's what people need. And see, when I said earlier, and I'm going to talk about it more tonight, about being ready to receive people, being serving, being ready, the reason that we want to be ready to serve people has nothing to do with attendance, because we don't count the attendance anyway. It has to be being prepared to help others so that they can reign in life, right? So that they can be saved, so that they can know the worthiness of the Lord Jesus, so that they can be redeemed by the blood and be changed, amen? This is the gift of God. This is what God is doing. He has changed us so that we are no longer selfish anymore. And you can bump into me, and I can bump into you, and it'll be okay because our God is wonderful. Father, thank you for giving us this time together this morning. And Lord, I ask you that you bless, Lord, as these young people step out here in just a moment, and they go down the hall, and they will serve us, Lord, as we would eat together. Lord, bless our conversations, everything that's done. Please, Lord, set us free from all selfishness. Lord, give us the, the, the tremendous gifts that you talk to us about in your Word, that we would have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We thank you for these things, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.